Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. There's a great app out there called Credit Karma, um, and I like it enormously. It is, they pay some radio DJs to actually talk about it. They're not paying me. They could pay me. I won't say no to a dollar. Just like I think anyone who's willing to buy you a drink, let them. A free drink is a free drink. Um, and uh, just be kind about it, you know. It's Friday. Can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. Alcoholics Anonymous is for quitters. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm at Credit Carmen. Tony Mendez is here, and he's from Bay Area Loan Source. He's a credit guy. All right. And uh, his credit score is better than my credit score, which I'm like, how is that possible? And it's... I'm a credit guy. Yeah, and it's... Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'll catch you with it a year. Good luck. Uh, yeah, one of the things that I did, I made a mistake once, was like, I, I might have had too much to drink. And I was like, I'm going to get a Southwest card. And I opened it and I closed it the next day. And uh, it still counted as a credit inquiry. Um, And I probably did the same thing with the Virgin America. Like, I was getting ready to take a flight. And I was like, ooh, I can see, you know, get points or something. And I was looking at it. And then I just, I didn't like it. And, you know, thought better of it and closed it. So... But um, I'm looking at my credit report, and do you know how many mistakes I'm finding? Places that I used to work, names are wrong, which is okay. I, I can't imagine it's going to hurt me too much. There's an address on one of them that uh, wasn't me, but someone had stolen my credit, my Social Security at some point. Um, I should probably get that expunged at some point in time, even though that was shut down. There were some inquiries, you may remember, a couple of years ago into a car dealership yep. uh, that was local. So someone goes into a car dealership. And you found that out because of Credit Karma, didn't you? Yep. And uh, I would just imagine, in that case, it was a, a car guy punching in the wrong Social Security. Maybe. Um, because it didn't look like any damage was done. And, 
you know, the guy didn't try to open a line of credit on the, me and buy the car. Um, but it's worthy of note, of which um, this is something I've done recently with all my credit cards and with uh, my bank accounts. I've put alerts on everything. So anything over 100 bucks, I get texted. Um, so the other day, you know, last six, yesterday, Citibank, basically, I've got the Citibank double cash card, 2% cash back. Um, they contacted me and let me know, hey, like, did you buy something in San Francisco for $10? I don't know why they thought that was fraud, but it was. Um, and there was another, you know, teeny tiny one, like a $6 gas station. Um, and I don't know how they do this, but they, they figure this stuff out. Now, the other one had a credit card six months ago where they contacted me and said, is there any chance you're in Turkey and you're just spent $6,000 on a flight or a vacation? I'm like, there's a pretty good chance that's not me. Um, the, cre- the fraud at Visa and MasterCard, the, their services are amazing. But yeah, I put alerts now on everything. So every time I buy even parking, I get a, you know, a text message saying you know money was spent. Apple Pay does a really nice job too. You can put your credit cards into your phone and uh, like today, if you and I go to lunch, um, we give the waiter the money. We give them my credit card. He'll swipe it, and let's say it's like $35 lunch. My phone, Apple, text me, hey, $35 was just spent. Um, just so you know. And then, you know, that's not even the, it's not even the credit card. And then it comes back eventually saying that it was. You know, it's kind of there. amazing how uh, you brought up a good point about uh, credit card security. I think everybody should do something, whether it's an alert or freezing your credit. Uh, you know, e- even if you go get something like LifeLock, not, I'm not recommending you do it. I'm just saying that you have to be diligent with your your credit. And this is Credit Karma is a great way to do it because you get those alerts automatically. Uh, and, and using good credit card companies um, makes a lot of sense that have good fraud departments and, and they set up those patterns so they know what you're spending money. So that when you're out of that loop, uh, you're alerted, sends up a red flag. Uh, but I'm still amazed, Rob, how often people have their credit cards stolen, their information. My parents had their card stolen twice in the last month. Yeah. Same card. And uh, and there's some guy just running, around, some hackers. R- running around Reno grabbing credit card numbers and spending money and doing it over and over and over. Hackers just stole every federal employee's Social Security number. Yeah, like one, 14 million or something like that, yeah. It's going to get worse. My, that's my dad. My, I, I sent a text to my dad. I said, Dad, you just had your information stolen. Yeah. I think Apple's on onto something using fingerprints and other ways of verifying uh, transactions. So yeah. I think uh, – and that's one reason Apple's going to pull some big money down in the future yeah. as far as the platform goes. So anyway, how important is that credit score um, when someone wants to get a, a loan with you? Well, we, just, we just talked about rates uh, going up and they've come, come back down today after a really volatile uh, global sell-off. Um, but as rates go up, you, you know, you're going to want to get that lower interest rate. The difference between a 640 score and a 740 score, 740 score is really the benchmark. Anything over that is really kind of the same, unless you're like in a massive jumbo loan. Uh, you want like a 750 or 760. It can be about 1% difference, Rob. And you know, if you're looking at it, 20, 30% down on a median home price in the Bay Area, or you're doing a refi and it's a decent sized mortgage, 400, 500,000. That's a large, that's about a couple hundred dollars a month more, or a couple thousand dollars a year, just because your credit score is lower. We're working with a guy right now who just said flat out, I'm not, 
I'm not taking that higher rate. I'm fixing my credit first. We set them up with one of the credit companies that we work with that helps. And we like to stay away from the word repair. It's more of, you know, kind of a consulting firm that helps you improve your credit score and and uses all of the the legal lease and methods uh, that they know that you may not know to help improve that score because he didn't want to pay that higher credit score or the higher interest rate. And it's as, it's as simple as it can be as simple as just monitoring your credit, not making that missed payment, um, losing a bill. I think auto pays are 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 very important. As you, soon as I get a credit card, I yeah, auto pay. Set up um, I, I recommend that and if not you were to do, and not the minimum balance, yeah. the whole balance. <laughs> if you were if you were to do one auto pay, it'd be your mortgage. Yeah, uh, and I wouldn't even get a mortgage with a company that doesn't even offer it. Yeah, because that that's that one missed payment on your mortgage will hurt more than any other mispayment. The one mispayment I've had in my whole whole life, I, I saw it, you know. was mortgage, and uh, it was one of those coupon books through Flagstar, yep. which I think is a crap company. And uh, I sent it in. They said they didn't get it, and I saw they didn't clear, so I sent it to their PO box, which was different than their regular one. Um, didn't get there in time, and they they counted it late. Yeah, Flagstar was an interesting bank because they they're really an East Coast bank, yeah, and they wanted to expand in California, and they reached out to many, many, many brokers and and uh, and other ways to uh, other lenders that sold their product, uh, and they just didn't grasp California as well as they could have. They closed some branches around here as well. So the last thing on Credit Karma is it could show you every credit account you've ever opened because it'll show your credit report, and the one that, and I think every boy and girl going on their first date. Not on their first date, but their second date before they kind of like get romantic. They should look at each other's credit report because in 1992, who did you get jewelry for from K Jewelers? Yeah, I oh, I'm so <laughs> embarrassed by that. Credit Karma, you can easily do that. <laughs> and I'm your phone. so embarrassed about my own past. You need some explaining to do, Mister. Can I buy you a drink? By the way, here's my credit score. There you go. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Hey, you highest credit score does buy. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, find me online at RobBlack.com. Email him, Tony, at BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. It's an excellent, or there's not an excellent, it's funny. The title of the article that I'm looking at right now, 13 incredibly modest but insanely expensive homes for sale in Silicon Valley. And they show you pictures of these homes. Oh, this beauty with $1.5 million. Think about $1.5 million. You're thinking like the big estates from Dallas. Are you thinking about like the 20-bedroom Homes, oh, no, 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 no. You're talking about 2,300 square feet. Overlook the hills. Eh, it's pretty modest. <laughs> you see, like, there's a house in Loyola, which I must be poor because I don't know where Loyola is. Loyola. Loyola. Is that how you would? 
You said it right. Loyola? Loyola. I don't think it's Loyola. Um, I like the way you say that. And that's going for $1.6 million. It's described as it needs maintenance, which has been deferred for years. <laughs> make this one. Update it and make it your own is another way of saying this is a butt-ugly interior. But, oh, we're going to charge you $1.9 million for the right to buy it. Um, now, this one doesn't actually look too bad. But 62 Broadway Los Gatos. Interior is a bit outdated, but does have a nice backyard. It's got a nice little fence around it. It looks nice. But then you see the price tag of $2.4 million. And uh, you and I, Tony, were talking about it during the break of what you, you know, $500,000 will buy you in uh, Portland or in other cities. You know, I've got a friend who lives on a lake. And it's a beautiful, modernized, wonderful home. And he's got a dock on a lake for a basically $550,000 home. Yep. So I can tell you as a guy who owns a $1.5 million home that it's the smallest place I've ever lived in my life, um, ever. And that, you know, is kind of ludicrous to say out loud. So it's location, 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 but that's a lot of crap, crap, crap in my book. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, what do you got for me today? Well, we had some California numbers come out. Um, you know, I actually kind of erased that. You had them up. This one? Yeah. California pending home sales were up 13.6%. Home sales are going to be doing as numerically as well as we did back in 2006. Shifting counties, though, okay. I think what we're looking at is year over year, uh, 7% um, for April. I'm sorry, May, over last year. Uh, but a couple of the counties are down. Yep. San Jose, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, San Mateo, down. Alameda County, down. Uh, Santa Clara is up 7.5%, but Contra Costa is the one leading the way at 16.5%. Uh, you know, it just kind of shows you that people are pushing out a little bit, looking for the cheaper homes yep. or the cheaper home prices. Let me rephrase that. That's um, right. And and that's one of the reasons why we sell the Alameda median home price, go uh, Alameda County Al- uh, median home price go up to 690000 uh, which is shocking uh, because some of the homes that I've seen sell are – Pretty modest, um, you know, two, three bedrooms, one bath, thirteen, fourteen hundred square feet, you know, right next to the highway, selling for six hundred twenty-five thousand, uh, well over asking price. One of the stats that you'll see there is that the the average percentage over asking price is about ten percent for all of California, the Bay Area. I expect that to be a little bit more. Uh, multiple offers are saying that the the average. When a house gets multiple offers, it's averaging 14 multiple offers. So it's still a very competitive market. Central Valley is doing well. Uh, Their home sales are up about 26%. So we can see that uh, people are starting to see the home prices go up outside of the Bay Area and are starting to sell. Um, It's either that or people are starting to take a little bit more money out of their properties here and buying properties or rental properties. Rents are going up everywhere, Rob, right now. For the person that the rent's going up and they do want to buy, when rent's growing up, it come, it, it turns into an issue of it's tough to save money for a down payment. If you're going to turn to mom and dad or a family member, what's the best way to make sure that the money is given as a gift so that the lender doesn't you know, question it or that it doesn't hurt the process? I've never had a problem with a gift. Okay. Um, as long as it's documented. Or are we talking an IRS gift? We're talking about a cash gift. 
How much can they give? They can, they can give a considerable amount if they want. Um, it can be a dollar. It could be I've seen two, three, four hundred thousand before. You give over fourteen thousand, you have to file a gift tax return. Now, what you do with the IRS has absolutely not. The lender does does not give. They, they don't care yeah. what you do with the IRS. They okay. just want to see where the, the the gift money is not laundered, and it's sourced, and it's a family member. You're allowed to, with the IRS, give up to five point four million dollars in your lifetime as gifts. So if you do give your kid $20,000, that eats into that amount that you're able to give gift later. Mm -hmm. But it's better to gift while you're alive, while your kid could use the money for a down payment, than to wait till you die and find out that you've hit estate tax plateaus or thresholds because you were too, not stingy, but tight. And again, you don't want to give too much too soon because you can end up in a scenario where you don't have enough money for your own. Your kid ends up getting divorced. Half that money that you gift goes to the wife um, or son, whoever. Um, but also the gifting is pretty interesting because, like I said, you can gift $14,000 a year before you have to file a gift tax return. But you can also like, do it per spouse. I think you can do per, per spouse and per kid. Yeah. yeah. So that comes out of, what, 50 thousand. So if mom yeah. and dad is helping out their son who has got a wife and two kids, that's basically eight gifts that they can pull off. More often we see uh, people gifting right around that max that the IRS allows. With that said... Uh, Dotting the I's and dashing the T's, you see, that's, that's, your, that's your job. That's the reason you have a job. That's why it's not easy to get a loan, because there's a lot of paperwork that lenders want to see. Uh, starting with, start little... with something as simple as a driver's license. Yeah, we were going back to you know, identity theft and everything like that. Um, you know, the lenders are, are on top of that, and they want to make sure that uh, you know, you're not doing fraud. That's the first thing. Oh, you'd be surprised how often fraud is still prevalent in the market right now. How about if your kid doesn't qualify for a mortgage, and as a parent, you know, helping them with a non-occupant co-borrower? How often are you seeing that at this point? Or is There's that... two lenders that will do that, FHA and Freddie Mac. Okay. So first you have to find a Freddie Mac lender that will do that. Co-signing. For a non-occupant co-borrower. Okay. You, 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 it's a very specific type of product. I've run into this several times. Uh, and you don't want to use FHA, so you want to find a lender that, that doesn't have what they call overlays with Freddie Mac, meaning they, they could be a lender that uses Freddie Mac, but they have their own overlays that don't allow that. So it's kind of difficult. We we do direct Mac, uh, Freddie Mac, which allow that. But you, you do get caught up in that whole co-signing and, and the whole co-mingling of the credit, and and their parents' credit score can get affected if, you know, you miss a mortgage like, payment. Yeah, if you miss a mortgage payment. So even though they can be absolved from the debt, they're still tied to the credit. And uh, the worst thing you want to do, in my opinion, if, if you are that kid who needs the money for a down payment is, I'd rather you get your parents for a gift. I'd rather you get your parents to co-sign second. Worst idea is to tap your 401k and take out a loan against yourself um, because then you're now starting to steal from your retirement to cover your current. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can find Tony, Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. This is email, Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com.
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. I remember I was probably like 10 years old when I first learned about recycling cans, and you could make some money off of it. I was pretty excited back then, so go forward 30 years and still pretty excited about saving money. Joining me now, Newsweek senior editor Elijah Wolfson, talking about the results of the 2015 Newsweek Green Rankings. A little bit more than just aluminum can recycling, but kind of an exciting topic, Elijah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's interesting how much um, being environmentally friendly is now kind of being baked into, um, you know, the the strategies of the biggest companies in the world these days. Yeah, it's um, and it's good press release. It's good coverage. Apple, you know, talks about opening up a solar farm, and you're like, but Apple makes phones. But it helps offset that image that their phones are so dirty and filled with contaminants and chemicals that, hey, they also do solar. So I, I see the PR benefits, but it's probably a little bit more than just that as well. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think um, particularly if you're talking about energy um, efficiency and costs, you know, today uh, – it's it's just it's kind of smart business besides PR. Um, you know, I think companies like Apple probably want to diversify their uh, energy portfolios because we don't really know what's going to happen with um, fossil fuels in the near future. There, there's there's also I mean for Apple specifically because they're California based, they're kind of um, mandated to use some amount of uh, renewable energy. But um, that and those kinds of uh, trends show across, you know, across a lot of the biggest companies, particularly in the U.S. and California-based um, organizations. Now, the Newsweek Green Rankings are one of the world's most recognized assessments of corporate environmental performance. Tell us a little bit more about how Newsweek goes about ranking companies. Uh, sure. Well, uh, we work with uh, a couple of other companies, uh, Corporate Knights Capital and then uh, Human Impact and Profit Investor Incorporated. Um, and, and along with, um, you know, we have an advisory council made up of uh, experts, you know, ranging from, you know, Harvard professors to NGO executives and uh, consultants who do this you know, every day. Um, and we basically came up with uh, different ways to score companies on uh, their energy use, their water use, greenhouse gas emissions, how much waste they produce, um, how much the uh, their actual products impact the environment. So, for example, what you were just talking about with the phones and, um, you know, whether or not their products can be recycled or not or are ultimately damaging. Um, and then other things like green pay link. So, um, you know, whether senior executives are uh, sort of held responsible to be uh, environmentally um, responsible to, um, and whether they have a board of directors who are focused on these issues. And um, basically, we rank them on their own sort of reporting. And uh, one of the biggest things is we penalize heavily when companies don't do reporting. And the goal there is to kind of force, um, hopefully, force some of these companies to to you know, try and bring that into their, um, you know, corporate responsibility projects. Taking a look at the top 10 U.S. as far as rankings go, I'm a little surprised that there's not more California companies on that, just because the national image of California being so green. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, there is. There's there's more California companies than any other state. Um, so relatively, they're they're doing a pretty good job. I mean, you've got uh, Adobe's in there. Um, Allergen's in there. I believe Allergen is California. Um, but there's a number, a few down in Southern California specifically, um, they do a pretty good job of being very energy efficient, um, not putting out a lot of greenhouse gas emissions and doing good jobs of, uh, you know, self-reporting. Obviously, the trend is to go more towards green, but is there enough of a pushback that we won't get to where we want to? Because... Growing up, for instance, there's a cliche that Americans like big trucks, and big trucks and electricity don't necessarily, electric vehicles don't necessarily go with each other, although Tesla's trying to change power in uh, electrical cars, but you, you, do you see what I'm saying? Is there, we are a, a nation of plenty. Are we going to get green enough? Well, I, I mean, I in some ways, I think... There, we don't really have a choice. Um, there's, you know, there's only so many resources on the planet. There's a finite amount of this stuff. Um, I think there's going to be, we'll hit a breaking point where where we don't where we have to. And I, I mean, that's kind of what you are seeing it, with these companies. Uh, just, you know, for example, um, in the U.S. this year. 53% of companies tied executive bonuses to green performance targets. So they're basically saying to you know their leaders, you have to do um, a better job at being efficient and, and being environmentally friendly. And it, a decade ago, less than 10% did that. And, and so, I mean, you really are seeing movement in the, in the right direction at that level. At the consumer level, I mean, we don't see that stuff as much. Um, but you'll notice that there are car companies on here, and they do okay relatively. So... I mean, I think even the the notion of like having a gas guzzling car, even if you are really into that and don't give it up, um, these are in some ways this is like apples and oranges. These giant companies are working at such a large scale that the the impact that they have in making these decisions is is actually way bigger than any impact um, an individual family would have by choosing you know a SUV over uh, you know a smart car. What's the bottom line of this as far as businesses? They have to go this direction. Uh, it seems that way. I mean, okay. the hope is that they will. I think that uh, there's some some sectors that are just um, kind of not – they're not doing as good of a job as they could be. Uh, consumer products is, is sort of surprising. Um, telecom and are very green. Uh, the healthcare and um, pharmaceutical industry is actually very green and environmentally friendly as well. Um, but there is, um, you know, there's other sectors that are not doing so well. And so, I mean, I think it, it sort of depends. I'm not really a business reporter. I'm, I'm more of a science environmental reporter. Um, I can see some of the interesting things a lot of these companies are doing. Um, uh, you know, some of the things that strike me are uh, efficient water use. A lot of them have now have their own sort of water recycling plants on the premises. Um, you know, like you said, building their own solar farms. Uh, it really does seem like a lot of companies are interested in becoming self-sufficient in terms of energy and um, being more environmentally friendly. Let's speak about the um, the not-so-friendly angle of this. Uh, like China is pretty well known for being a big polluter. Are, are they going to get on the green bandwagon, or is it just going to take you know a while for them to get so dirty and so polluted that they have to? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, when you look at the list, it does tend to be mostly North American and European countries. Um, okay. There are, you know, there's some East Asian countries, although they're mostly Japan. Um, and I think it is about uh, the kind of, it, my guess is it, it, it's sort of top down in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there's requirements in the U.S. and in Western Europe about, you know, what you're allowed to do when it comes to greenhouse gas emissions and how you uh, need to, um, you know, recycle and, and use renewable energy. Um, I'd imagine it'll have it'll hit a breaking point at some point. But um, you know, again, I'm not I'm no China expert, so I, I can tell you. What else can you tell us uh, from this article, Newsweek Green Rankings? And people can see a list for themselves at newsweek.com forward slash green dash 2015 or just email me and I'll send that link out to you again. It's newsweek.com forward slash green dash 2015. What else uh, is a good takeaway here? Um, well, uh, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing to me is that um, this is sort of uh, the inherent limitation of any of these rankings is that we're reliant on them to uh, give, you know, basically be self-reporting. Um, and as a result, if you look at the list and you scroll down to the bottom, a lot of the country or a lot of the companies that are ranked the worst are the companies that don't do any reporting and don't even look at what they're doing. And that to me is, is kind of still the biggest issue is that there is a good percentage of these huge companies that basically are just ignoring this completely. Um, and uh, that that needs to change. Thanks very much. It's Elijah Wolfson with Newsweek talking green rankings. Um, it's more and more part of corporate compensation. It's more and more part of corporations. Um, like I mentioned, in an odd way, companies like Apple are using these lists to as a PR, not as a PR stunt, but certainly to get the positive PR out of it. I live in California, and I, I love California. I think we're a little progressive, and I forget, you know, other states allow smoking in restaurants, for instance, and it just that kind of freaks me out. But we had a thing here that they started charging five cents for a plastic bag. Then it went to ten cents, then it went to twenty-five cents, and it was all always meant to be scaled that way. And then they they basically said no more plastic bags, and then they said. 25 cents for a bag, even a paper bag. And guess what? Everyone scuttlebutted, everyone hated it, and everyone's over it. Uh, and we cut down our waste enormously because of it, especially the plastic side of the fence. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. We have no choice to go, but to go green. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about 800-516-1220. We have open phone lines. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Um, call. I was just uh, walking the halls and my boss pulls me aside. I've got three bosses. I, that tells you the structure here. Maybe four if you think about it. So there's one person who works for four people, which is pretty funny. Um, but he goes, I heard you on the show last week. When you talk to girls, it sounds like you're trying to pick them up. I'm like, yes, of course. This is a show where if someone calls it and says they've got a million dollars, the joke is, do you have all your teeth? Um, I think we live in a society now of where we're trying to find partners. And the millennials are starting to hit 25, 26 years old is the average age now. And that's when the, you know, the baby thing starts to really start kicking in. And the baby thing leads to the housing thing where you go, baby, we live in an apartment. But now that we have a baby, we need to get a single family home in a good school district. And in the Bay Area, good luck finding a single family home that you're not going to have to pay cash for. Um, but yeah, of course you hit on people and you, you play up the whole ridiculousness of finding a mate who has gotten money. Um, and that's exactly what it is. So I'm glad that my boss kind of finally figured that out. I remember one point in time, someone was hitting on me, asked me to take me lunch. I'm like, absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about your 401k. And, uh, so I kept clearly making it about the money and she was calling in because you you do a show about money. Clearly you have money. Um, so I can give dating advice. Uh, you'll never find, you'll never find love on Tinder. You'll never do it. You'll find a one night stand. You'll never find romance on Tinder. You'll find a one-night stand. If you want to find someone who is a good mate, uh, go to charity events. Um, that's my or that's my trick is it's go to charity events because ultimately at that point you're dealing with people who aren't trying to find one-night stands. They're trying to find things that are meaningful and important and networking, things that might make a more suitable mate than say swipe left or swipe right. Rob, talking on love, and now you know. What else can I give you advice on? God, I loved Love Boat. Do you remember Love Boat? I loved it. And you look at it now, and it's just the definition of campy acting. And I thought the acting was great back then. Eric Estrada. He was on a lot. Doc, you remember Doc? Yep. Who was the bartender? Not Gopher. There's Gopher was... Who is that? So everyone's probably screaming it at us right now. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Let's say, okay, let's think here. Let's think. If I were a middle-aged cougar, hmm. Fred Grandy, that's right. But what was his name? Oscar or something like that? It had to be Oscar. So that sounds right. Everyone's now going to Google, trying to shut me up. <laughs> my my Lauren Toes, Lauren Tews was her name. Later we learned like she was the, the you know the, the booking person, and um, later we learned that she did had a real bad coke problem shortly thereafter. Who's born in Oakland? Who? Ted Lang. Ted Lang. Okay. Bartender. <clears throat> Isaac that, or Isaac. Know. There it is. Isaac. George was close, but maybe I'm thinking George Takei. I I Captain. They're dying off fast, aren't they? Yeah. There's not not many. Kirk Kirk will outlive them all. I think he he has. It's just him and Takei. Uh, 
well, no, Aurora Sec. That's what I saw recently. You know, that was a, that was a pretty bold show. There was an episode where Kirk, Captain Kirk, is that right? Kirk? Mm-hmm. Okay, Captain Kirk kissed Aurora, and it was the first time ever on TV that a black and white kiss between a couple. And there was the episode where people were black on one side and white on the other side, and the other tribe was white on the other side, but black. They were inverse, and they hated each other, and they fought. I way too. I remember way too much Star Trek. Way too much. It's Kirk. It's Kirk. I'm gonna fight you, you big lizard. <laughs> this was the mind control episode where they controlled the crew to make them fight each other. Was it? Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I, I fact checked very spotty on that one. All right, Trekkies. You know I'm right. Okay. What was the material that right, the tribbles? Not... What was the material that the tribbles were addicted to in the episode? The Trouble with Tribbles. Oh, my gosh. I don't remember either. <laughs> it was something like Osmonium. <laughs> quad. Yeah, it had Quad in it. So, or Quanto. So, anyway. Anyway, back to the show. How are we going to steer this Titanic back after we just hit an iceberg? Everything will be okay, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone thing will be okay. Um, oh, it's not okay. So, what to do when your HELOC is due? HELOCs are kind of funny. Like, um, some businesses get HELOCs. You know how I own that property that I, my business is tied to? Uh, doing a HELOC on that, just in case the stock market goes down and you need a little extra cash. And having it available is a good it, it, idea, a bad idea. Like, a lot of people don't know HELOCs. Yeah. It, and they're the, a great potential source of it cash. It is. And it's a great way to get fast money. Um, and the nice thing about the equity line, instead of pulling money's and a total, what they call, I call a total cash out refi, is you don't have to pay interest on the money that you've borrowed until you borrow it. Uh, Equity Line will let you borrow, you know, ten bucks, a couple thousand, or a couple hundred thousand, and you pay interest on the money that you borrow. The rate's a little bit higher; it's adjustable; it's tied to prime. Uh, usually, it's prime plus or prime minus. When rates are low, it's usually prime plus. When rates are high, it's usually prime minus. Uh, the terms are usually ten-year uh, draw, twenty-year. Due in 20 years and 30-year amortization. So your payment's based on 30 years, but you you have to pay it back in 20 years. But you can only draw it for 10 years, and that's where they get you that 10. After that first 10 years, you can't draw it, but you have that balance, and it's you know adjusting to the higher rates or lower rates or whatever it's doing. Um, where people, uh, when you want to get out of it, uh, a lot of times people run into problems that when they got the equity line, it was after they purchased their property, which means that when they pay it off, it's cash out. So they've turned their new refinance into a cash-out transaction. So what they end up doing is getting Seriously, I, I glazed over everything you just said. It, let, that, let me ask the producer. Did he it, understand one word you just said? Uh, William? No. Yeah. yeah. The, the people who have equity lines, are, they get it. I the like people, the way you say that. <laughs> you like the way I say a lot of things. I have no are you trying to pick me up? I have no <laughs> clue. No, I've seen your financial performance. <laughs> what are you talking about? Your savings. Um, I always trade up. My credit score is higher than yours. Um, with spouses and women, you always trade up it, on income and salaries and savings, but you always trade down as far as ages go. So every five years, you get a, a fresh one. It's forever 25, I refer to it. It's my forever 25 upgrade plan. 
it's tough finding those millionaire 25-year-old women now. Very, very difficult. Especially if you're not looking for them. <laughs> so more than 3 million homeowners who took home equity lines of credit between 2005 and 2008 will reach the end of their withdrawal period and enter the repayment period. God, this is just brutal stuff to even talk about. That means they must pay principal and interest instead of interest only on any outstanding balance, which means their payments will be going up 140 bucks roughly in 2015. Oh, this is painful for me. Like LTV. As a financial analyst guy, I get it. Yeah, I get it. But you're, you're as a radio guy, it's brutal. Yeah, you can change. You can go to a sexy stock or a boring stock at any at any moment. For me, it's all numbers. Uh, it's a guidelines game, as we call it, and it, it gets kind of boring. But you know, it's it's amazing that it 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 can be very simple, and yet people still run into many issues, uh, like these people who are in equity lines right now, and they're going to have problems getting out of it because they they can't draw any money anymore, and they can't refinance out of it, and their interest rates are going up, and they're now fully amortized to uh, principal and interest, and that can hurt a lot of people, and it's one of the reasons why we're seeing foreclosure rates still higher than it was back in 2007. What is the foreclosure rate? Do you know right now? Oh, uh, Fifteen. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can look it up. It's, it's still pretty high. It's like fifteen, twenty percent. How about upside down houses? I'm, I'm sorry. Upside down is fifteen percent. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what foreclosures are. Yeah. In short sales. They're not in the news right now. They're not sexy. Yeah. The economy is doing t- well enough. In the Bay Area, it's very low. Okay. It's, like, it's under one percent. Uh, interesting. Because foreclosure, it's a process. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, anything that you're working on right now, Tony? Anything in the world of radio any segments you're doing? Typical buyer, typical seller. California. Well, we, we've where, where wouldn't you consider like you remember Bakersfield a couple of years ago, oil was at one hundred and fifty dollars a barrel for like a day or two. Yeah. But then it was at one hundred and ninety for a while. Bakersfield was doing great because it's got a lot of oil down there. The housing was booming, and you're like, you drive through Bakersfield, and you're like you're like they sell crack here. I know they sell crack here. They sell a lot of crack here. Um, so they're they have to be in a bust period now, even though the rest of California or parts of California aren't, because their real estate's tied heavily towards oil prices versus. Are real estate tied towards tech companies and stock prices and such? You seen anything like that? Um, not in a, in a large scale at all. Hmm. Okay. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I think the village people are on TV. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You can find Tony by emailing him, Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com.
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. A listener to the show just emailed me. said, speaking of million-and-a-half-dollar homes, a friend of mine just sold his place. Cash out of Silicon Valley and moved to Colorado. Downside of that is you're now in Colorado, which isn't the worst thing in the world. They just got a lot of rain last month. So, got an old California, Colorado River. Yay! Um... But yeah, it, it could be kind of like real estate porn, you know, looking at what you could buy for $750,000 in some cities. Like, it's it's obnoxious. And again, we just get used to it, and we're like, ah, it's by the deal. Although, I, again, you and I talk about this. I know a lot of families that are now starting to, like, crack. You're starting to see the stress of they could only rent. A couple years ago, they could have bought. They missed that opportunity. Then they see it go up, 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 and then they get into a rental. And I've had a couple friends who've got kids that they've been kicked out of their rental because the owner's selling the house. Um, I was looking at Craigslist yesterday just for poops and giggles because, I don't know, someone asked me a question. I think it was my, I think my brother or sister to ask me about rents or something in the Bay Area. And uh, there's people who, like single moms, they want the school district so bad that they will live in your house. They're asking for a room in your house. And she'll do six hours of work, housework for you. Hmm. So think of it like this. Your kids move away. They've gone off to college. You give Junior's room away to a single mom, and she wants that school district, and she'll do six hours of schoolwork for you. Of not schoolwork, but uh, housework. Yeah. People are getting kind of creative, but uh, there's one girl who's like, I got to get out of Nevada now. Anyone, anyone will give me a room. And she's like, I work nights from 12 to 6. You'll never see me, blah, blah, blah. I don't cook a lot. Won't be in the kitchen, but people are kind of, there's a little bit of a desperation out there. And you know what I, I always say, when you're desperate, just watch Love Boat. It <laughs> makes you feel better about everything. Do you agree with me? I like Love Boat. Yeah. <laughs> do you see any desperation out there? Because again, you're doing yeah, loans. I do. For, you're seeing loans for like a couple. Uh, I've seen, I, I definitely see more for a couple. Um, you know, we, I, I talked about this last night. Uh, you know, a dual, a dual income definitely helps. Okay. Uh, a seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollars house. Let's just say that that's going to be our new medium okay. home price in the Bay Area, with twenty percent down. One hundred twenty thousand dollars is all you need to afford, or to afford that that mortgage at current rates. Yeah, uh, and that's not hard to do in the Bay Area. I, uh, you know, most tech jobs here in the Bay Area are one hundred and twenty. That's not not, a, not a unreasonable. There's a lot of hairdressers and cops who aren't making one hundred twenty. No, so um, where where does that run out? At this level of inventory, I don't think it runs out for any period of time, and I think our median home price can continue going up because of that and because you, you're looking at people who are looking to rent in these uh, nice areas, but there's no, but the rents are up significantly, yeah. and it's a result of just no, not enough affordable housing right now. So rents are going up and home prices are going up, but I think we have the incomes in the Bay Area for this level of inventory. Now, where... Is our breaking point? I don't know, but you know, we're looking at still multiple offers on every property that hits the market. If it's a highly desirable property, you're going to see 30, 40, 50 families come through easily. And that's pushing rents up again, and that's pushing home prices up. It's kind of perpetual in itself. You know, I'm so good that I got my house without anyone putting a bid on it except for me. It was during a holiday, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So, And I played it off with a huge cash down. Take the holiday off, spend with your family. I mean, the perfect storm hit with a woman who had Alzheimer's. 
her real estate agent was from Los Gatos, who didn't know that this current market made a lot of money in commission. Yeah. Didn't have to show the house. Everyone got Sunday off, which was Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was happy. But You ever heard from her? No, no. Although, creepily, and I always find this creepy, because it's always something like out of Poltergeist, where someone will knock on the door and say, I used to live here when I was four. <laughs> like, you're a ghost! <laughs> like, go away! And then they turn out not to be a ghost. But, I don't know. Yeah, it's not cool to call old people ghosts. <laughs> Just so you know. Oh, God. Um, what's wrong with this show today? Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. How about affordability? How much is affordability going to change when interest rates do move higher? Because I think we're at a his- no, we're not at historical lows, but we're closer to historical lows than we are to norms. Yep. Um, so let's say we go up one percentage point, half a percentage point. Percent, one percentage point is about 12% increase in payment. Okay. Uh, it's about $60,000 in buying power or $60,000 more in down payment to get your so, – Okay, wait, wait. For the, for the median home price. Remember, it's all relative okay. to the price. Okay. So if, if you're looking at a median home price, let's say it's 625000 Just throwing that sure, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a, half, a 1% increase in rate is about $60,000 in less buying power, or you need to put that more that much more money down to keep your payments the same as they were 1% lower. So it does equate to um, about $10,000 a year more in salary that you need okay. and about $280 payment higher for that, for that price range, which is about a $500,000 loan, which is 20% down. Okay. All right. So – it's it's all relative, of course, to the price. Uh, as home prices go up, yes, that one percent increase in rate does affect affordability. I personally, I don't see it. With the, the remember the level of inventory we have, it affecting our market here yet. Okay. And why are jumbo loans better, lower prices right now than thirty year fixed? Why are they? Yeah. Um, the private they, they, money? No, it's not private. It, it's more mostly portfolio lenders finally caught on and they said you know what we're going to we're going to adopt the guidelines like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and you know we're going to get our credit scores a little bit higher but it's it's good money it's a lot of money you're going to get you know 600 700,000 dollar loans and higher they're making a lot of money on those that's why they want to attract them with the low rates people can email you tony at bayarealonesource.com that's tony at bayarealonesource.com you can find me online at robblack.com twitter rob black show youtube rob black show facebook cron4 rob black New Focus Financial has a great website with great downloadables for retirees and people heading towards retirement, newfocusfinancial.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Because it's all here, drinking up my beer, got cake, he's running everywhere.